Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Hey, DB. Dom, how are you, mate? Good. Another episode of Culture Bites together. It is. It's exciting. I'm still here. (laughs) No, it's good to be here in the studio, Dom. It's really good. They're actually, it's... For anyone who uh, is aspiring to do podcasts, I'd highly recommend it. It's a great way to uh, actually answer some questions, get some thoughts, and learn. I've done, this is number seven or eight, now I've lost track. I learn every time I do one of these podcasts, so they're really good. That's right. You can uh, call Forbes Street Studios. There you go. We'll do a little plug for uh, the studio. Anyway, that's not why we're here today. Shameless plugs. What we are here today for is talking about team development. So. You know, we've done a few podcasts on teams and stuff and the importance of teams. And a lot of people in our community deal with particularly leadership and culture. There's a lot of work that goes on. And I guess um, a lot of questions that I've been hearing around, like, I understand the importance of teams and teams working well, but how do I actually go developing it? What are the some frameworks or approaches I can use for actually developing, say, an executive team or, or some kind of high-performing team. Have you got any tips for us on that, DB? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And um, if you Google team development, you're going to be inundated on different ideas and what to do. I think one of the, one of the first things to understand and where we start with team development is that, and I'm going to steal a line from my uh, colleague, Corinne Cantor, and that is that there's an I in team. Uh, Controversial. Uh, yeah, there is an I. <laughs> she uh, spoke about it at our conference earlier this year. We bring ourselves to a team. Uh. And we would talk about that as in terms of our individual mindset, our uh. thinking. So it's what I walk into the team with. What is that mindset? And from a team dynamic point of view and building a high-performing team, my individual mindset's got to be of a view to greater good in, in terms of synergy, leveraging the, the strengths, the capabilities, the resources of everyone in the team and having a good plan about how to do that. So if my mindset was more around individual, not share, not collaborate, it's going to impact on the team. Mm. It's definitely going to influence how good the outcomes are of the team, how committed other members of the team are and how effective we are in terms of time. So what I would say is one of the key things that I start with leaders is around, you're going to be a high-performing team, but what's your mindset you're bringing to the team? So dare I say this, but when we start working with teams, we start working with the individuals. Mm, okay. So, and what are you bringing to the team? And yeah. your own individual contribution to that team. Which makes sense, right? Because you can do all the team development in the world, but if I'm here and I just want to like look better than the rest of the team or saying it's not going to work, you know? Yeah, correct. So- Helping individuals have an understanding of that mindset, that thinking, if you like, is probably the foundation level. It's about growth. It's about awareness. Self-awareness, yeah. Yeah. So we talk about creating that awareness. And it's hard. If I don't have that awareness, where do I start? So, which is where we start with helping individuals. Mm. I would then say, though, one of the key things about teams is personal relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's linked to that individual mindset, but it's for me, it's inherently different enough to separate it out as a different topic or a different discussion point with teams. 
And that is, what's the quality of relationship I have personally with each of the individual members of the team? Uh. And it's more than do I know their birthday and their spouse's name and their, their children's name. It's what is the relationship I have with them? Uh. Do I actually have their back? Uh. And do I believe that they've got my back? So we're really talking about building a, a relationship, which means to have that relationship, and let's call it a partnership, we've got to be open communicators. Mm. We all do things in a team that excite us. We do things in a team that it's going to surprise some people out here today, I'm sure, that annoy the crap out of people. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> never happened. So, and just being aware of those things, right? And it's, it's not right or wrong or good or bad, but it is just we've got a relationship and that we do. And I'm cautiously using the word trust um, because it's used too loosely. Yeah, right. It's bandied around. It's like how everyone's a hero these days. Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> well, trust is important. It's like it's part of the Google School of Values, but we're not, we're not talking about culture yeah. and values today. But we will get to values in the team in a minute. But trust and David Meister, who uh, is, I think he was once referred to as the consultant to consultants, He's got a formula which says credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-interest is his equation for trust. And I know Kobe Jr.'s got an equation for trust as well. So there's a few different equations out there. But the key for me and the one I like about Maester was that self-interest being on the bottom. I think that's the denominator. I have to probably ask my youngest. It's the denominator, yes. Yeah. But uh, some are a little bit more in tune with the mathematical and numeric terms. <laughs> You're the engineer. You should be the one who's better than me. That's uh, slightly alarming. I'm not going to lie. So, but having, if that self-interest is really high, and let's put it on a score of zero to 10 or one to 10, if it's high, doesn't matter how high credibility, reliability, and empathy is, it's going to lower. Yeah. Well, I guess at that top end, you're kind of Machiavellian or something, potentially, right? Because you're just doing whatever in your self-interest. Yeah, it's all for you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably an argument to say if self-interest is high, some of the other variables is going to be a bit low. But the key point for me is that you've got to have that personal relationship. What about, so two points on that. One is on the self-interest, you need some self-interest, I think, because that's the whole no iron team. I think sometimes people can take it too far and you completely subjugate yourself to the team, which is really going into a passive space rather than a constructive space. So, Yeah, so I'll break it down. So what I would talk about in terms of personal relationships, is it transactional? So are people doing things in a, I need to supply this, you need to supply this, and we're handing reports back and forth. So the next level above transactional relationship, I would say, is the relationship now one of understanding? I've got to give you this report and I know why you want the report mm. and I'm going to do my best to get you that report. So it's, it's not just transactional, but I have a bit of understanding and empathy with you. Mm. I'd extend it one step further and it's, it's now personal, all right? So not only is I'm going to supply you the report, which is a transaction, I understand why you need it, but I'm actually going to go out of my way if I see something in the report that I need to flag with you because mm. I want to help you. And I want to have a bit more of a personal relationship with you. And we can talk openly about it. And you can say, can you get the report to me earlier? Or last time you gave me the report, I wasn't quite here. Mm. So it's now there's a bit more openness to the relationship. And the final one I would say is, if I ever, by personal, I'd probably summarize it as caring and curious about you. 
And now it's no longer about the report. It's more about you. Does that always need to be the way? So because I'm just thinking, like, is it always that you need to know, like, about their children and spouse or whatever? Or can you have a relationship through performance? Because I've I've seen some, like, some sports teams and so on where they talk about they don't necessarily need to be best friends off the field, but on the field they have each other's backs and they know they're performing together. That's the symbolicness of it. To me, the transactional piece is probably knowing names and Mm. birthdays, et cetera, which is part of it. But it's the belief. It's more, it is that belief that I know that Dominic's got my back or DB's got Dominic's Mm. back and we're in it together. Mm. So it is that strong, inherent, we're going to support each other. Yeah, We truly care about each other. There's no corridor conversations and it really comes from this position of openness and care. Yeah, but I, I guess where I'm kind of going is it doesn't mean you have to be best friends, I guess is what I'm kind of saying. Like, I think there's a relationship about, you know, performing and working together that you can have without necessarily having to be best buddies with someone. Yeah, you probably, you don't have to be best friends, I'd agree, but you respect each other. Respect. So maybe that's yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So you're not going to be going out to dinner every Saturday night together. Mm-hmm. That might lead to other team bonding <laughs> behaviors, which might not be great and desirable. <laughs> But you would have respect for each other. Yeah. And respect for, and it comes to those constructive styles, right? So the affiliative styles around understanding others and Mm. seeking to understand you, and I want to understand you, but I'm not necessarily going to always agree with you. Exactly. Which leads into the approval styles. Yeah, exactly. And I can call it, right? And the fact that I call it, you respect me. Yeah, precisely. So the first two are really looking at individuals more than mm-hmm. team. Mm. So it's interesting you asked me, how do I go about building team development? And I've actually started you. Start at, with the individual. <laughs> but I've, started, I've started you at the individual mindset and then I've started you in paired relationships. Yeah, right. Okay. So you start with the one, then the two. All right. And so, now we've got the, the three. Or? And now we're going to go to the team values, behaviors, code of conduct. Okay. So what's that So about? now we're going to the mass. Yeah. All right. So it's as a team now, I talk about what do we stand for? Mm. What are the values we aspire to? How will we measure our success behaviorally? Mm. And I personally have a strong, I start with values. I always start with values. So what are the values we hold true in this team? And they will link through to organizational values. But I want to be specific here that these are our team values, Mm. not necessarily the organizational values on the wall. So our team values, and then how do we exhibit these values as our team? Mm. Let it be a functional team, a leadership team, whatever it might be. Because what I can check and what we can provide feedback on and what we can order each other on is the values that I can see and measure. The values are more the aspirations. Mm. So we start building these values that we'll hold each other accountable to and the behaviors we'll use to measure it. So that'll be, we've got the individual mindset, we've got the personal relationships, We've now built our, if you like, our code. Right. Who we are as a team. And it's almost, it could be our aspiration as well. So it's not necessarily what we're doing today, but that's what, how we want to perform as a team is these values. And the behaviors that go behind it. Behaviors. Behind, behaviors go behind it. And a high performing team that's doing really well will actually live those stated behaviors and values. Mm. You'll see it when you go into the team. Mm. They'll turn up to meetings on time and well planned and well prepared. and I'll send agendas out a week before so people can prepare and things like that. Mm. Teams that are non-high performing 
probably don't even have values and behaviors well, stated. Po- I was going to say they probably never talk about it because I think actually it's probably the minority of teams that actually explicitly have this yeah. kind of conversation. Yeah. So if you put it on a continuum, I'd go from not stated, not even top of mind, all the way through to lived and reviewed, uh, checked. Uh, How are we going against them? The other thing, so you can see that we've gone individual, personal relationships, pairs, we're now more of a collective behaviors we'll use. And I should talk about a good way to measure those behaviors, and they all learn off, is the group styles inventory. Right. And no, I don't want to plug some diagnostics, but a good way to actually measure those behaviors is the GSI or the group styles inventory. And we know constructive groups yield better outcomes. In fact, you can actually use the group styles inventory to set the behaviors you aspire to be. Mm. So like doing an ideal culture or an ideal leader exercise, you could do the ideal team mm. or non-ideal team. The next thing to allow the team to grow and have focus is what's our team purpose? What's our team mantra? We exist too. And how does this team exist to contribute to the broader team? So how can we get a very specific, clear, concise message around what we're about mm. as a team, which is different to the organizational mission and purpose? It's how we as a team contribute to that organizational mission and purpose. So articulating that purpose, we will be known for ABC in order to X, Y, Z by doing these three activities, one, two, three. So building that purpose allows the focus for the team. They execute that through their values and behaviors by having personal relationships and understanding their individual mindset when they come into it. Mm -hmm. I then get quite tactical. Teams need structure, and it's not the technical person in me saying that, but teams need, if you like, protocols, systems, processes Uh. around how do we communicate with each other? What decisions do we make in this team versus what decisions do individual teams make and just report back to this team? How often do we meet? Uh. Where do we meet? When do we meet? When we meet, what do we talk about? Well, what's mm. our standing agenda items? Mm. How do we circulate information amongst mm. this team? So there's some tactical transactional things that allows teams to perform, all right? And we can all build that process. The other part of that I talk about with teams, though, is the roles we play in team. Okay, what do you mean so by that? So in teams, you need to have clear people who are going to be keeping you on track for a process if you're making if you're problem-solving, decision-making, or planning, who's going to keep you on track? Who's going to be the, the comedian, the joker, mm-hmm. lighten the air in the room a little bit? Mm-hmm. If tensions are building, who's going to- Who breaks the ice? Who's going to break the ice? Who's going to help alleviate? Because sometimes you need to keep the team pretty balanced and don't let the emotion, particularly when aggressive- disrupt the team or, mm-hmm. or or destroy the team. Which could be just during a high stakes debate anyway. Yeah. yeah. So and that person could be there to summarize. Mm. So would would you assign those roles or do people just fall into them? I think people naturally fall into them. Uh-huh. But mechanically what I like to doing is saying, which roles do you like? Mm. Which roles are more aspiring to you? Mm. And I worked with a leadership team for quite a while building this over 18 months. And they were really committed. They worked they got together every month and focus on their development as well as doing their normal activities. Oh. And their their executive was a, what I refer to as the closer. He was brilliant at closing. 
What do you mean by that? So the group would have a discussion and then it all turn around and look at the individual mm. to summarize and close the discussion. Mm-hmm. So I remember after our second session, I uh, put him aside and said, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And he went, what do you mean? Because? And I said, well, everybody looks to you to close. Oh. Everybody in the room will have a discussion and then they'll you to arbitrate and make the final decision or summarize or where it's at. And he went, yeah, I feel it. I feel the eyes at the end of every topic. And I said, so your challenge for the next quarter is to nominate someone else to close. And what we did, we strategically nominated someone who was going to close each topic. And uh, the leader said, went to Dominic, can you close? Where are we at? Where's the consensus? Do you understand it to be? Uh. And someone else in the exec team, they all, and he used to nominate someone else to close the topics. Uh. And ultimately what happened was they didn't rely on the individual to close anymore. He was more involved in the conversations, didn't feel he needed to arbitrate. And other team members were going, yeah, I'm now more involved because I can actually close. Uh. And we typically nominated someone to close who wasn't one of the vested- In the middle of the- In the, of. In the middle. So, yeah. And it worked a treat. Another key role you need is someone to call it. Uh. If you see it going off the rails or you see someone throwing out examples without any data, just throwing out hand grenades in the middle of the room uh-huh. and watching, watching the shrapnel fly around, someone's got to call that, right? So you need someone who's- It's a brave position to be in. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if you're a really cohesive team, it's respected. Uh-huh. So I would say tactically you do need some measures, some protocols around what I refer to as structures. So team structures is what I refer to it as. And the final thing I'd say, and I generally do all these things in parallel working with teams, is you also need to have a really good understanding of why you're here. What are the results? Mm-hmm. What are we measuring? All right. So, and it, I'll go back to now culture. So one of the results has got to be around our culture of our team mm-hmm. and our broader part of our organization. But you also got shareholder results, customer survey data, employee satisfaction right. data. So financials. What, financials. Yeah. What are the results that we're after? And it's that balance of organizational metrics, standard financial type metrics, and people, culture, succession planning mm. type metrics. So I would say if anyone who rang up and said, hey, we want to work on team development, start with individuals. Mm. Would you do that first and then go into kind of team workshop stuff or – you generally start with the individual, start with a workshop, technically, tactically rather, but the workshop would be more around some problem solving and team behavior. Uh-huh. It's more of a lead in to introduce the circumplex. Yeah, yeah. Then do individual work. Yeah. And then go into running parallel personal relationships, building our values, building our purpose, building our structural protocols and understanding our why in terms of our results rather than our purpose. Yeah. And do those things in parallel and keep reviewing it and maintaining it and keep driving it. So if you like, I sort of say team development occurs in layers or levels. Yeah, right. So does that mean you'd go through those layers in that kind of order? Not necessarily in that order. I'd probably do a couple in parallel. Uh Uh-huh. So, but they'd be specific topics. Gotcha. Yeah, they would be, because the order would very much depend on the team. Mm -hmm. All right. Because they might have a sharp result focus, but they don't have the personal relationships. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, got it. 
Or they might have a great personal relationship, have a great old time, no, but have no a, purpose. <laughs> have a, haven't got a purpose or delivered anything for a while. Um, <laughs> so good chats at the pub, though. Yeah, and generally, uh, the person who sent us in to work the team is not someone in that team. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're going. They're a great team, but they're not delivering a lot. So different agendas. Yeah. So, but there are levels of team. Is the other thing I'd say. So. There's levels to build a team or layers to build a team, a series of activities, if you like. But there's teams that are, let's say, they're a group of individuals. Mm. They come together collectively. They're under the notion of a functional team, Mm -hmm. but they're not a team. They're really a group of individuals who meet regularly. Right, right, okay. And the key measure I use for that, it links to that results metric, is what are you individually measured by? Mm. If they go my functional team results, they're not a team. Yeah, right. If it's truly This a is team, for an exec team. So yeah. if the finance person says the finance team results, then that's all they care about. Yeah, but I'd take the analogy all the way to any team. Okay. All right. So if any team says, oh, it's my team, well, they're more a group of individuals rather than a team. Yeah, because I just look after my little patch. Yeah, I've got my... Here. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. But then you might have a solid group. All right. So... They come together, they perform well together, but they're still more individually focused than group. And then finally, you you bridge from this concept of group to team. Mm. And with a team, you've really got each other's back. You're mm. caring for each other. But again, there's going to be levels within that. You're mm. going to have teams that perform versus teams that lead. Mm. And our challenge is to build teams that are leading mm. rather than just performing. And the key distinction for me for a leading team versus a performing team is a leading team will be changing. It'll be nimble. Uh, okay. It'll have new players coming in because people will be leaving and the new members will be well inducted into the team. Hmm. They'll know the purpose. They'll know the values. They'll have one-on-ones with all the current members of the team to understand what motivates them, who they are, and how the team works. Hmm. They won't just parachute someone in and say, oh, welcome to the team. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll probably be still be a performing team, but they won't be leading. Yeah, gotcha. So it's a long answer to how do I build teams and team development, but I'll probably say you've got to work at a series of activities from individual to relationships. So you as the individual is what I mean by individual, building relationships, agreeing the behaviors and values, locking down our fundamental core purpose, mm. having some good practices in place mm. around helping us to mechanically operate like a team and we know the rules of the game without being too conventional or perfectionistic and then uh, keep an eye on the prize Mm, the results yeah why are we doing it fantastic well that's a good little framework and layered approach to team development db so i hope that helped our listeners out there if you have a question that you'd like us to answer you can always email us on podcast at human-synergistics.com.au but thanks for your time today db It's great, Dom. It's great to be in the studio again. And I hope we can do another one soon. Sure we will. I'm sure you've got them lined up. Thanks, Dom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. Thanks for being part of our amazing community. We can only do it together with yourself. So long for now.